The Voice Authority Podcast, Episode 1. fans uh this is a brand new podcast coming to you from the us and the uk uh your two co-hosts you got craig pugsley here in the uk and bob in the us hey bob how's it going oh it's terrific hey craig hey listeners thanks for tuning in and spending some time with us so this brand new podcast that bob and i bring in you um across the world um, every uh, every um podcast we bring to you we're going to bring you a whole load of new stories it's going to be all the kind of fresh stuff from the world of um of voice um if you're into voice if you've got an interest in voice um we're going to be bringing you some really interesting little nuggets and bob and i are going to be um you know just chatting them through and talking about stuff uh, related to them and um, we're going to keep you up to date with news products that kind of stuff how does that sound sounds terrific i'm super excited to bring some uh fresh perspectives you know as a as a practitioner of voice uh we work with a lot of different customers and roll out a lot of different proof of concepts and pilots and i'm going to weave those into some of the cool headlines of uh voice that come out this in the week or the month and so you guys are really going to learn a lot about what people are actually doing with voice instead of just reading some um, headlines about what they could be doing. So thrilled to uh, bring the people some new and fresh information straight from the streets. And this is super exciting because you guys have got in your earlobes right now two of the well, world's probably leading practitioners. You know, Between us, we've got several years experience in this space, building voice experiences. Uh, and we're, we're handpicking these stories for you based on what we think is important. So, um, yeah. Well, I think it'd be great to give our listeners a little bit of intros. Why don't you tell us uh, a quick overview? Craig, what's what's your story, man? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm Craig Pugsley. I'm um, creative lead and a director of Studio Flow here in the UK. So we're, we're the UK's leading um, voice, user-centered voice design studio. Um, so that's all we do. We just design voice experiences. Um, that's you know, Google Assistant. That's Alexa. Uh, increasingly recently it's been bespoke voice experiences as well um so your voice um ui is building into existing you know ios apps or android apps or websites or even bespoke products um so my history has been research and development in the past i used to be an engineer many moons ago um i just love technology as well um so if it's if you plug it in if you switch it on and if it speaks to you and you speak to it then i get excited about it and that's me tell us about you bob yeah, terrific. Hey, I, everybody. I'm Bob Stolzberg. I turn 40 next month. My company, Voice XP, turns two this month. Um, I got into voice because I saw how much of a disruptive technology it was. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to work with some huge customers like Hallmark and CenturyLink and TiVo and Mercy and Square and Arizona State University. And it's just so fun rolling out amazing voice experiences. I've been in IT for close to 30 years, 
And uh, I come from a cloud background where I was a solution architect and an engineer. And I was uh, I ran marketplaces and ecosystems and I was a product owner. So I'm really excited to take all of my experience from my, you know, corporate IT career and go all in on voice. And I just started up a company that, you know, it's been amazing. We're um, we're one of the Amazon recommended agencies out there. We're an advanced tier partner. We've uh, participated in the Alexa Developer Advisory Council. We helped create the official Alexa certifications. And uh, we've got, and just this week, I'm proud to announce, uh, we uh, judges elected our skill, the best Alexa skill of the year in consumer marketing and brand extension category at the 2019 Alexa Awards. Uh, it was a huge wow. honor. I mean, it, it's crazy to think we beat out Fitbit, Good Housekeeping, and Tide to take home the, the first ever Alexa marketing award, you know, skill of the wow. year. So I'm just, you know, folks, I've been doing this for two years. We've got a lot of credibility, and I want to share that experience with everybody else. Uh, so we can raise the tide of voice and, you know, and change the world, you know, so. Man, that's so exciting. Well, and Bob, I, I wanted to just to say from the from the outset that, that uh, you know, your reputation does precede you. And I was a little bit like like a rabbit in the headlights about doing this, actually, because you're such a big name and your company's been around for so long. And we're just starting out. And we're in the UK. And I think there's such a really interesting difference between the lead that the US and your consumers have got and, the, and, and where we are in the UK, because it's fair to say, you know, we're a few years behind and, you know, Amazon sort of don't help that because they give us a few, you know, the features a bit a bit later. But it means that our consumers are really catching up quite quickly as well. Um, so I think that's a really interesting thing. That's going to be an interesting perspective for people hearing the both sides of the, the kind of the pond um, perspective on these stories. Yeah, totally. I appreciate the compliment. Um, hey, I'm, I'm just this guy, Bob. I put my pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. You know, I'm, uh, I just put myself out there on social. And, you know, as a business owner, I'm trying to build a, a business and a brand. And I, I believe in voice. So uh, I'm excited to share my mistakes and what I've learned and how I think these fit into the world of voice. So you know, like again, it goes back to you've got. I'm talking to the listeners here. You've got two leading practitioners on both sides of the world sharing their perspectives and thoughts, and we want to add as much value as we can. What do you say we get? Awesome. Into? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's start with our first story. So our, our first story is a product that's really close to my heart because I actually got it as a Christmas present uh, this year, and I'm super excited about this. So this is the uh, Sony. WH-1000XM3 headphones. Now, anyone that's aware of noise cancelling, Bluetooth, wireless headphones is going to know about these bad boys because they are absolutely stellar. Um, they're just like the best best product in the, in the category. They're not cheap in the UK here. They're sort of £300 plus. Um, but in that segment, they're the best headphones you can get. And uh, at the moment, They've got Google Assistant built into them out of the box in the UK. Um, and there was a recent announcement by Sony, part of CES. They're going to be bringing Alexa into the headphones as well. So there's a special button that you press and you get your dedicated assistant um, and you can talk to it just like you would do any other device. And it's, it brings all of the, 
that voice assistant skill set straight to your headphones and your ear um, when you're out and about and walking. And for me, this is super exciting. You know, it's 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 a a real kind of game changer to be able to take your assistant out and about with you. And it's the first time for me, certainly, that I've had a, a Alexa uh, that I can take with me when I when I go places. So yeah, really, really excited about this. Um, but it really raises some interesting questions and um, some interesting topics, I think, that we're going to be covering over the months about the different assistants that are out there and the, the choices that users are going to have to make, right? Because there's one button on the side of the headphone that you press. It's not like you press it and you choose which assistant you want. So, so consumers are going to have to choose. And they've got a choice now between Siri, Alexa, and Google Assistant. A really interesting time, right? Totally. I think that this is, it's still version one of, of everything voice, you know? And why this is cool is because, yeah, you've got voice built into headphones. And I'm, I try to you know, think in the future. And I'm thinking about all these, uh, you know, millennials that are wearing the Beats headphones that I see walking around and mm -hmm. how they're going to be elderly people and they're going to have no shame being old wearing their headphones walking around, right? Mm -hmm. I think the bigger uh, implication of this is how voice built into hearing devices and, you know, whether you call it a headphone and you're thinking of listening to music, well, imagine the person that, that might be old or has a hearing disability. And just like you see people with hearing aids, right? Well, what if the hearing aid had Alexa and a, a little speaker built into it so it helped them get information better, you know? I yeah. think the, the healthcare implications are huge. And if you want to learn more about that, look up a guy by the name of Dave Kemp, K-E-M-P. He's with Oak Tree Products, and he's one of the, the, the predominant leaders championing how voice and hearables can help people with hearing impairments. Um, he spoke at this week's Alexa conference. Uh, just do a search for Dave Kemp Oak Tree on uh, Twitter, and that's, that's a great way to plug into how voice and you know wearing headphones or hearables are helping people. One hundred percent, and I think that's a, a fantastic trend to watch this year in two thousand and nineteen as well. The the um, devices that embed these voice assistants, and you know, from a design perspective, that's always where I come from. You know, you've you've got a, that whole generation that you're talking about there. You know, or, or the generation before will have struggled to get to get used to smartphones. You know, people that are my mum's age and older, they had to go through hell to to figure out how these things work. And and still, you know, my my dad is 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 a technophobe. You know, he doesn't like the idea that he's being forced to use these devices. But voice gives him that opportunity to engage with the internet, to engage with information democracy again. You know, and to have yeah. access to all of that content. That, uh, that he had to struggle with the smartphone interface to get. But all of a sudden now, he can just use the interface that he was, he the first one he ever learned to use, right? Which was speech. It's so accessible and absolutely echo 100% what you're saying about it being version one, you know? The assistants right now are very, very simple. Um, and there's so much runway um, that they, they're gonna go along um, in terms of you know recognition accuracy, in terms of what they can understand as well, not just intent recognition, but I think context. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you know you're seeing patents from Amazon uh, coming out recently talking about you know being able to uh, determine uh, have you know, wake word less invocation 
but they don't need to hear the Alexa wait word to, to awake. You know, they can just detect when the user is speaking to it based on the context of the conversation that's going on in the room. That kind of stuff is fascinating. And that's, that's you know, going to be a sea change, really, and bring a whole yeah. new generation of people on board with this tech. Yeah, let me give you a final thought and before we move on to the next topic here. But, um, you know, the same uh, people, the elderly people we were talking about grew up having to walk over to a television set to turn it on and change the channel. And then they saw a remote control came out, right? We've all used remotes to press, yep. you know, the, the changing the inputs, the power on volume channels, et cetera, right? And they're pain in the butt. Yep. Well, if you take a look, the new remotes that are coming out that Amazon puts out with the Fire TV, they only have really one button. It's the microphone button that you talk to. Yeah. And then it does have, you know, the fast forward, rewind, play, volume up stuff. But it's like there's it's all in one square inch and it's it's so easy to use. And just think of how the technology has evolved, you know, in the past 20, 30, 40 years and how we don't need to get up to turn the TV on anymore. We won't even need a remote, but that's, you know, how fast it's moving. So, yeah. all right. <laughs> um, I want to pause and think about that. Our next uh, topic is 70,000 Alexa skills worldwide now. That's a number of Craig, what are you thinking? I mean, this is insane, isn't it? Absolutely insane. I mean, there's, you know, there's going to be a long tail of skills there, like there is in, in the in the you know, iOS and Android app stores as well, that people, you know, um, are either niche products or whatever. Um, but there's going to be so many of those skills that are tapping into new areas that people didn't even think you know, that their voice assistants could do. And I think there's, there's, a real, um, there's, a, there's a real kind of parallel stream going on here where people are getting used to the technology itself. And at the same time, all these third-party skill vendors that we work with are developing whole new series of functionality on top of what's already there. You know, and I think that's super accelerating the, the adoption and the sophistication of consumers' behaviors towards these devices, you know. Um, so what we're looking at, in terms of seventy thousand, what how does that break down across the across the world? No, it's forty to fifty thousand in the U.S., twenty thousand in the U.K., five thousand in Germany. Wow. Um, but you know, I got to give Amazon some huge credit for having such a well-oiled developer marketing machine. Mm -hmm. They know how to get in front of developers and get them using their services within all of AWS and. The way that they've expanded the Alexa developer community from just the United States and then into Europe and now into India and Japan uh, and Spanish-speaking countries is just so impressive. And I don't see it slowing down. Um, so they've got these awesome incentives for people to develop skills and I got to be honest with you, I've put up some skills just to win the T-shirt or the socks. Uh, like, yeah. Cool swag. It really is. And it's exclusive. You can't even buy it on eBay. You have yeah. to find other developers and like maybe trade them. I've been fortunate enough because I'm an Alexa champion to go, did anybody have an extra book bag? And someone said, yeah, I got one. You know, I ended up sending a nice, cool shirt that I had, but. Like it's it's cool, and they they pay money for this stuff. You know, if you, uh, I remember in the U.S. and in the U.K. and even like now in India, they would give you cash in form of Amazon.com credits uh, mm -hmm. to buy stuff with. 
for developing skills or, or winning devices. And now they're providing these really great and enriching uh, meetups and developer training and tutorial and tech sessions to really help people get their feet wet with building skills. So, yeah, you know, props to Amazon. I don't, I don't see that same thing from Google, uh, but I know Samsung's getting ready to roll stuff out too. Their developer uh, community is large, it's global, and Bixby has that big push coming. So, yeah, uh, I want to include others in the in the conversation. But do you have anything you want to add around uh, the Alexa skills and the number out there worldwide? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just a crazy number, and I, I echo what you're saying with the developer side of it as well. You know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm not a technical person, um, you know, and I, I was able to get in there and understand the, um, the ASK, you know, the skills kit. I was able to understand how to, how to write a really basic skill, get it published, get it live. Um, you know, I was able to work with our engineers uh, and understand what they were doing. You know, and as a designer, being able to understand how the code is structured and architected and what it all means and be able to kind of read through the, the way that a skill is written. Um, yeah. It just unlocks your brain into all the types of ways you can exploit what's possible there. And, you know, Amazon are bringing in things like multi-room audio, you know, so for skills that want to play audio or if, if you've got a vendor that's trying to create a piece of hardware like a smart speaker, um, you know, Amazon have now got the SDK there for you to be able to plug straight into that. And your device, your smart speaker can now play alongside Amazon smart speakers. Um, it's just insane what they're doing. And and I, I think for me, the thing that struck me, uh, as well as the, the sort of developer side of it, the thing that struck me really keenly with the way that Amazon approached this is that they are, you know, lean in the in the best possible sense. So they go after the opportunities, they may make they run these experiments. You can see how they rolled it out around the world, right? It was like US first, then the UK and Germany. And you think UK, yeah, you know, UK is a uh, being in this market, I know what it's like over here. You know, it's a very tech savvy market. You know, we we are hungry for new gadgets. We look to the US a lot, you know, in terms of our consumer adoption but then you know a lot of people will say well why germany and i think it's because german is actually quite a different language although it's rooted in the same roots as english obviously and, and the, you know, the languages come from the same place it's quite a different language and i think they went okay there's a there's a bit of a challenge let's see if we can solve that and if we can then we've got a strategy for solving it worldwide and that's so clever really clever yeah it's awesome Oh, really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah, in, in, amazing what they're doing. Um, amazing what Amazon are doing. And yeah, I think I think you're right. The uh, the competitors are um, are paying a bit of catch up on that one. Yeah. Let me give before we move on. I want to give people a good uh, food for thought. A stat I saw is that there are only eight thousand flash briefings out there, and you know the value that flash briefings bring to business and and providing their different audiences updates on a daily, weekly, you know, whatever frequent basis is really important. So um, I know, I'm just saying, if you think about all the, the businesses and, and organizations out there that want to keep in touch with people, like there's no easier way than just enabling a flash briefing. And there's not a lot of them out there. So uh, those flash briefings are part of the skills uh, that are published out there, that big 70,000 number. So uh, good food for thought. If people are looking for opportunities out there, 
uh, flash briefings might be something to look into. I, a lot of companies are going to have content strategies in place already, right? So they're going to be producing content regularly to be feeding their other channels, their social channels, their websites, um, you know, their blogs and their vlogs and whatever they've already got. And it's not going to be hard for you to repurpose that content into something that a flash, you know, and send it out via a flash briefing. So it's it's not as difficult as they think. They just need to talk to somebody who's got a little bit of knowledge in this area and they can help them get that stuff published. Cool. One more thing. I predict that we will see the number of skills grow, continue to grow over 100% year over year. And I say mm -hmm. this, and I might have inside voice knowledge, but once more platforms come online and we see more businesses adopting voice, that they will shortcut uh, or accelerate the ability for these skills to be created and in the marketplace. So I'm just saying the marketplace isn't going to slow down. I think it's going to grow even faster than the App Store compared to Apple in the growth days. It's it's just a matter of time for it to can, to pick up that momentum. So yeah, food for thought. Food for thought. All right, let's move on. So um, our next story. So uh, we're going to change tack a little bit. Talk about Google Assistant getting some new features. So as anyone who spotted Google Assistant at CES this year. They went all out, like to the point where they had a theme park ride that let you journey through the Google Assistant ecosystem and experience. Um, and uh, it's just fascinating how much uh, of, a, of a raging war it's been between Apple and Google over the last few years, you know, and it's, um, it's that one-upmanship all the time. It's about releasing new features. It's about releasing super compelling products. Now, Amazon pushing into sort of higher end audio, um, Google pushing into embedded devices. You know, it's it's a, such a fascinating time. And, you know, one of the things they're doing on the platform is to release new features. And I'm I'm sure some of your your uh, some of our listeners here would have encountered some of these stories already because um, uh, a couple of them happened last year. But I think they're fascinating, like the whole movement towards getting people to say please and be polite when they're talking to the assistant. And I know that's something that both platforms have now adopted. Um, and then we talk about scale and we were talking about, you know, how many skills there are around the world. And Google are pushing into to 80 different countries with 30 different languages as well. Um, and of course, there's the big stat, which we can't avoid. Uh, Google announcing one billion devices worldwide that can now access Google Assistant. Um, and, you know, that's a large number, right? It's a super mm -hmm. big number. Of course, that's that's not the number of, of uh, people that are actually actively using the Google Assistant. That's just all the Android devices, all the, all the uh, home devices that are out there. But as an addressable market, that's crazy. So uh, and it's 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 got to the stage with those kind of numbers where if you as a business aren't looking to do something on that platform and on these platforms that we're talking about, then you're totally missing the trick, really. Yeah, I'm excited for uh, what Google's doing. I think they show a lot of promise for the integrations with the data they've already got. Um, some of the neat uh, actions or use cases that I see coming out are the read-along stories from Disney, uh, as well as some of the little golden books. You know, I, I grew up reading those as a kid. And, you know, it's those are fun and engaging family, you know, experiences that people can have. And I, I think it's, a, you know, fun as a parent to sit down with my kids and go through an experience like that. And if you just, you know, 
think about how you can have a physical book and have an enhanced audio to make the whole thing something new and transformative. You know, that's really cool. And something, you know, that I, I think people might not understand is the ecosystem that's involved with creating those types of experiences. Um, there are some really big production houses that, uh, I, I shouldn't say, I don't know if big's the right word, but there's some really good production houses that are focused on creating those uh, voice experiences that have voice actors and professional sound um, and you know everything's put together uh, like true movie production quality. Um, shout out to Earplay, who came home with the Alexa Developer of the Year Award at this week's Alexa conference. They did an amazing skill for the new Jurassic Park movie uh, that got a ton of press and usage and was just so well done. They did um, a skill for USA Networks that was related to the Mr. Robot show as well. And another company that a lot of people haven't heard of is called Zandra. And they've done stuff with like HBO uh, and several others um, that have just cut and that, that have come out of the woodwork. And it's just interesting to see these types of theatrical experiences emerging on the voice platforms. And so uh, Google's got an interesting family play. I think, you know, Amazon's partnering up with brands and media to enhance their offerings. Uh, either way, the work is definitely pushing the, uh, the entire industry forward. It's innovation. What do you think? Yeah, 100 percent. And in the UK here, you know, we've got the BBC um, a TV station here that are also jumping into this. And the BBC have always had a very experimental approach to new media. You know, they've always been they've always, they're always ahead of the curve. They're always trying the new technology and then rolling it out to the UK. And they're you know one of our one of our national institutions, and we love them like like we do the NHS. But uh, um, they they've been trying to push this interactive storytelling approach. Um, on Alexa as well, you know, and they've got a set of their, of their own skills that they've released recently. Um, and they're, like you say, you know, they've got, um, they've got movie level, you know, production grade um, facilities there where they can do not just um, the kind of technical side of it, where they're, you know, creating an interactive skill, not just even the technical recording and production side of it, but they've got a whole series of, of uh, storytellers and script writers that they've obviously been working with since day dot, right? I mean, this is what yeah. they do. And the they're creative. just repurposing. They create, they're, all of a sudden, these creatives have got a whole new canvas that they can explore, you know, um, with uh, to tell their stories through. And it's just a case of bringing the right people together. And you can see with what, what BBC did with some of their work recently, it was a case of just bringing together a load of people um, uh, across disciplines, um, putting them in a room, and then you know letting them letting them loose with the technology and seeing what they came out with. And what they came up with was fantastic. So yeah, absolutely, this this technology is bringing together some super interesting new avenues for people to explore. Yeah, let's use that as a really good uh, dovetail to the story about the New York Times. Uh, because you brought up the BBC, um, you know, they're a, a well-known global broadcaster. I think everyone's heard of the New York Times. Um, and the New York Times is expanding. You know, they are offering 
a really cool flash briefing and all new content like quizzes uh, and daily updates to get people engaged. Um, and we've got another bigger story about how the New York Times is getting into the uh, skill building business. But um, Craig, why don't you talk a little bit about what you thought was cool about the New York Times flash briefings and content and the cool you know, the stuff that's come out? I think, you know, the, for, for me, the, the thing that really struck me was we've seen a wave of people engage with voice experiences um, as an experiment. You know, they've tried something, they've released a one-shot skill where you can ask a question and get a response. Um, I think we've seen people, you know, with the flash briefings repurposing their content, and that's a fantastic experiment as well. Um, and I think, but now I think what we're seeing is uh, there are product teams and, and companies that have tried that. Um, and realize there's value in it. You know, there's realize there's a new channel to market, a way of engaging a, a consumers, a way of getting their brand reach out there even further. And they're doubling down and they're making it part of their core product strategies. You know, I've worked with clients that have done exactly that right now. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing here with what the New York Times are doing. You know, they've they've been in this space a while. They've obviously got a team there that are um, you know expert at what they're doing. They found the things that work. They found the things that don't. They know what their users like and they're doubling down on this stuff. And I think, um, yeah, to, to, and it's not like they just produce, like you say, they're not just producing a skill. They're not just producing a quiz, a daily quiz. They're not just producing a flash briefing. They've got a whole range of different content they're using to engage with their users. And I think that's just, that's a, a super exciting and um, not, not just super exciting for them and their readers, but it's exciting for the whole industry because it shows that, you know, there, there is a way of using this technology to engage your users in a completely different way um, that, 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 that your readers, the readership won't be used to getting anywhere else. You know, and it, it just adds value. It's value that wasn't there before that's been created through these new platforms. Yeah, I think this is uh, monumental for the entire media industry out there because it shows that they should be scared. For a couple reasons, but if the New York Times is investing into taking their content to this new channel and they're, you know, putting so much out there for people to consume, it's because they, they see the shift happening. The adoption, the digital transformation is occurring right now. And if there's a whole generation growing up that's going to, you know, ask to get information and listen to it on their you know, Alexa-enabled headphones streamed to them, you know, th then that's what they're going to do instead of read a paper or look at a mobile device. Um, it's, it's accessible anywhere on the go. So I got to tip my hat to the New York Times for, you know, getting ahead of the disruption and being a part of it. I mean, why wouldn't every other uh, newspaper, media publication out there get into voice now i mean if they're yeah. not they're suddenly going to be the laggards and you know it's no one wants to be there right if you're not part of the marketplace you're not going to get any of the business and with the marketplace growing exponentially daily you know they've got to get in so what do you think about that yeah i mean it's it's really fascinating there's um there's a quote here from um the the, the, the guy at the new york times who was leading this uh, Dan Sanchez, uh, this project, and he was saying, we've been interested in voice technology for a while, and we know that discoverability is a challenge. It's hard to pe for people to figure out what's available. And I think that's a, that's a fair comment about voice experiences generally, but they've got such a clever way of addressing this. 
because they've got a tool at their disposal, the print newspaper, that they can use to springboard people into this new um, experience that they're creating. And that's that is really interesting. It's it's fair to say that the print media industry has had a rough time of it. Yeah. Not just with the you know invention of the Internet and, and the movement of information to the Internet, and, you know, it being free and widely available and the discussion about paywalls and how do you monetize that content. Um, but for I think, you know, Alexa, all the stuff the New York Times are doing, the voice platforms that are coming on and being adopted generally, they should be embraced, right? They're an opportunity for you to move your content into yet another sphere. And, you know, why not monetize it in a different way? Yeah, These, these, are, these are all channels of not just engaging your users, but also creating revenue streams that are going to sustain your business going forward. Yeah, I think uh, the, the experienced and educated listeners know that voice is part of digital. But to just paint the picture, they went. The media business is going from print to digital to voice. You know, yeah. um, the other story I hinted at at the top was New York Times is also getting into the skill building business. They want to offer their brands and businesses that advertise with them the opportunity to get into voice, which I think is really interesting because as uh, a smaller business, a software company that's 100% focused on voice, we beat the big guys all the time because you know our customers have told us we don't need to go spend $300,000 with a big name agency that's a marketing and creative to build this stuff. We can have, you know, a small software company like yours crank this stuff out at a much lower cost. And so I wonder, I'm not knocking the times here, um, as more, uh, you know, and this is very much so like websites, right? Uh, as voice is emerging, are the media and news publications going to be offering the website building services and will people use them compared to other platforms, you know? Mm-hmm. So quite, quite an interesting dynamic. I think it's certainly a curveball in the industry, but um that's what's so innovative about voice and what makes it day one. You never know who's going to get into the space and how they're going to impact the business. What do you think? I, I think it's just another example of how um, in, you know clever they've been from a business perspective. You know, they're, they're, they're hungry. They're looking for new channels. They're looking for new ways to engage their users. And, of course, they're looking for new revenue opportunities. Yes. And what they've seen here is a team that is has been in the space for quite a while. You know, they've got a set of expertise there. And uh, they want to offer that as a consultancy experience to people to, to get onto the platform. And But for me, this just this is a signal. This is a, a, a flag that's gone up, you know, to say that um, there is a gold rush going on right now and there is money to be made here. Um, you need to be, you know, on the on the train. You need to be getting involved with this gold rush to be part of it. Um, and they've obviously seen that there's a revenue opportunity that they want to explore and, and they're going for it. And, and, you know, why not? Absolutely. Why not? I think. You know, there's there's so much there's so much opportunity here, um, and and I there's so much opportunity for us as as um, agencies who can work with clients to develop these skills, um, and that uh, you know there's there's plenty for everyone to go around. And I think what you'll end up with, um, my my prediction on this, Bob, is that um, you'll end up with agencies that are specialising in the way you do now. So you know, there's lots of design agencies here in the UK who are um, not just smartphone, not just web experts. But they're experts in a particular domain or experts in a particular methodology. You know, you've got someone who's an expert in um, user needs analysis or you've got a particular market segment. 
And I think that's how we'll end up um, with design agencies and maybe voice agencies generally specialising in particular areas, you know, maybe healthcare or um, you know, for the elderly or for like the New York Times are doing maybe for media. So, yeah, super interesting time. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Okay, should we move on? Uh, one little story, something that just caught my eye. Um, this is Apple Music arriving for Alexa. And uh, <laughs> I I don't know how I feel about this because as a bit of a, I wouldn't say I'm an Apple fanboy, but I'm certainly, I've certainly been on the Apple train for quite a while. Um, uh, it feels quite comfortable in their walled garden. You know, it's very pretty in here. The, the walls are nice and high and everything I do in my Apple walled garden feels really nice and connected and it all works lovely. And yes, it costs a lot of money and yes, it doesn't interoperate very well with anything else, but it's okay because the garden's beautiful. And now all of a sudden, my Apple Music service is available on Alexa. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite know how I feel about this, um, but I think, you know, Broadly, this is Apple obviously shifting their, their content and media strategy. Um, you know, they're going after the likes of Netflix and, and um, all the other uh, media producing studios now um, and creating their own first party content. They're getting serious with it. We saw at CES how they're rolling out iTunes um, to all of the smart TV devices as well. They're opening up the, the iTunes service to, to third parties to integrate with. I think Apple Music coming to Alexa is probably inevitable if you if you sort of read through that strategy. Um, so yeah, I think um, it, as a user, I'm going to need to get used to this. I think it's showing a pretty pretty significant sea shift in Apple's approach to to engaging with other services. But maybe their hand has been forced, right? Maybe the volume, maybe the consumer adoption of Alexa and the consumer adoption of these devices has forced their hand on this one. How do you feel about it? Well, I think. Exciting because there's, you know, so many Apple users out there and it just brings in another ecosystem. And the way I view in my my crazy mind is circles. And if you can imagine Facebook and LinkedIn and Alexa and Google Assistant, all of these big tech companies as concentric circles and where they overlap. Right. And when you can bring Apple and their fans and users into the voice ecosystem beyond Siri. It's a big deal. So, I mean, I think they're going to sell more Alexa devices because there's so many people that have Apple music tied up in there. Right. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't use any of those services. So I'm kind of impartial to it. I just think the more people using voice, the better this provides a new feature to them. Um, what's interesting, though, is what I believe will be the rush to the music services. Um, the, there are only 15 music services available in the Alexa music service marketplace right now. And you have to go to the music, books, and I think videos section within the Alexa app. Uh, yeah, music, videos, and books. And only 15 streaming music services. I'm proud to say that the one that came in after Apple last week was one of our customers, Calm Radio. Uh, so if you want to listen to nice, calming music uh, while you're at work, definitely check them out. It's a unique and different uh, service than what's out there. You know, you've got... Others in the space, like the Amazon Music and Spotify, um, 
etc. But I think you're going to see a lot more streaming music services clamor to get into the Alexa marketplace because the stats all show the predominant thing that people are doing with Alexa is listening to music. And so this offers them a new revenue stream, uh, a new chance at global user base that can now discover them through the Alexa app. You know, it's it's just a, a, a great time to be involved in voice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's um, uh, it's it's almost a no brainer, isn't it? If you're producing audio content, if you're producing you have some kind of radio production facility already you've got streaming music service that you're already building you would be crazy not to be uh, looking to address these platforms and looking to bring something you know unique and interesting and calm radio is a great example i think of of um you know how these these platforms can bring something really new you know people are used to fm radio in the uk dab radios become really popular as well um, but it's still very linear broadcasting I think this ability for you to know who you're engaging with, you know, for the platform to know, um, you know, who's listening to its content and for that, that to be personalized in some way as well, maybe even, you know, and to engage with the users in some way in a two way fashion um, is completely new. That's completely revolutionary. So, yep. yeah, I think there's, there's so many opportunities here that, um, you know, some creative minds put onto this can, can come to just a case of figuring out what they are. We did. I think there's one more thing to talk about, and that's the Alexa conference. Oh, it yeah. went down this week in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was the second year. I had the privilege of going the first year and being one of the featured speakers, and Voice XP was a sponsor, and it was amazing. I, I have to give kudos to Bradley Metrock and Peggy from Voice First FM. They do an amazing job. Uh, this week, the conference uh, occurred again. They had, it was, in my opinion, it was star-studded. There were so many voice pioneers and industry leaders there. Um, it, it was, I, I don't even want to go through the list because there's so many people. But uh, some of my key takeaways, the highlights, um, I want to congratulate Stuart Crane with Voice Metrics. They've been in the uh, voice space oh, for well over a year. And I think, you know, like a lot of the other early voice companies, they found a really great product and niche and use case, and they're focusing on it. And they rolled out a new uh, offering called Voice Surveys. And it's really simple. You start the skill, you tell it the survey that you want to take, and you walk through a couple questions that ask you, you know, answers that, you know, from one to 10 uh, or multiple choice. And it's just a really intuitive use case that they've been able to monetize and launch a business around. And their big debut was this week at the Alexa conference. So props to Stuart and um, just Google voice surveys and you'll find them. Um, another cool thing, uh, Atari founder from, you know, back in the eighties, Nolan Bushnell showed off his new game experience that is all powered by voice. Uh, extremely fascinating stuff. If you guys just do a, a search on Twitter for hashtag AlexaConf2019, you'll get the scoop on that. Um, another, the third highlight is with Brian Romilly. He had a, a really compelling presentation that he called The Last Interface. And uh, when I listened to it, the hair on my neck stood up. Um, you know, this guy's always got some creative 
visionary thoughts out there and I don't want to ruin it by telling you about it. I just, I got to tell people go out there and uh, I think you can go to the website, thelastinterface.com and check it out, but read the praise on Twitter just search for Alexa, hashtag AlexaConf2019. Um, there were so many cool things that went down. They gave away the awards to Alexa, uh, skills of the year recipients like developer of the year, skill of the year, news of the year, consumer marketing of the year. We won. Uh, it, it was just so well done and so many great sponsors. The next big conference coming up is called Voice Summit. And it's happening, I believe, in July in Newark, New Jersey. And if you just Google Voice Summit, you'll find it. The uh, great team at MoDev puts that on. Um, but just exciting stuff in voice. I want to give a quick coverage of the Alexa conference. Very cool. Okay. Um, should we wrap it up there, Bob? Thank you so much for listening. We, we want you to be sending us in topics for you, you think we should be discussing. So you have the ears and mouthpieces of two of the industry leading um, US and UK voice agencies here. So what do you want to hear about? What do you want to hear us discuss? Are there topics, are there news stories that you've seen that you're really interested in um, and you want to get our perspective on? Um, fire them our way. Um, we will have all the details in the show notes for you to contact us um, and uh, we will get in touch and we'll create that dialogue and uh, we'll take it from there and we'll feature you guys in the next podcast. So, uh, yeah, get in touch. Let's have fun and change the world, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much. See you later then. Bye bye.